The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Living Well with Ann Beal. Our show is a health show, a lifestyle show, and an empowerment show rolled into one. Get ready to hear some stories of success, healthy living tips, and suggestions to get motivated and live your best life. Now, here is your host, Ann Beal. Welcome. Today, we have a really good question for you to think about. Have you ever wondered why you aren't achieving your dreams and goals to the extent that you would like to? In most cases, we do it to ourselves because of the choices we make daily, a lack of action that we take, or other actions that we take that get in the way of our main goals, our dreams. And so if that's you and you just don't know why you haven't quite gotten to where you want to get to, or why you haven't quite achieved the dream that you've been dreaming, or the goal that you've been setting, Dr. Slaughter is here today, Dr. Jim Slaughter. Good morning, everybody. Good to be with you. We'll be calling him Jim. (laughs) He is here to help us know the self-sabotage that we do. Now, some people, what it looks like to them is procrastination. Now, procrastination doesn't mean that you don't do anything all day long. It doesn't mean that you procrastinate and sit and stare or sit and sleep. It doesn't mean that. What it means is all the other stuff you're doing gets in the way of what you really want to do. And that thing you really want to do, you get frustrated that you haven't done it yet. And so if that's you out there. You may be achieving little goals all day long. You may have a checklist that you check off all day long. But where are your main goals on that list? Where are your main dreams? And do the smaller ones get in the way? So in this section today, we are going to talk about how to remove that self-sabotage, how to get rid of distractions, and kind of tell you, like, what are the daily distractions that most people do that get in the way? And so there's also a difference between healthy, you know, healthy pleasures, things that we do purposely, things that we do for joy, things that we do to make us feel better purposely that don't get in the way and don't actually sabotage us. They could be the exact same things that distract us later or that get in the way and cause procrastination. So we're going to tell you the difference, tell you what they are, and tell you how to make them work for you not to sabotage. So thanks for being on the show, Jim, and welcome yeah, my pleasure, and I'm really glad to get the chance to talk about this uh, because it's something that touches every person everywhere. I mean, it's like part of the human condition, and you know, I mean, we even have you know we talk about midlife crisis for guys. I mean, it's really kind of about this because often a guy will get to a certain place in his life, and this is for women too. It's not just guys, but you know, all of a sudden we realize, hey, you know what? I haven't really done what I'd like to do with my life, or I haven't accomplished this, or I haven't accomplished that. The reason is that people tend to sabotage themselves. They don't know that they are. They don't think that they are, but they are. And part of living life in a good way, healthy way, being happy in life is uh, figuring that out and knowing what to do about it. I know one of your demons that you struggle with, if you call them that, through your whole life has been procrastination. 
making sure that you don't fall back into that pattern of procrastination. Yes. Now, I kid around and I say you're a perfectionist. I know that's part of your personality. Right. Um, and you do things incredibly when you do them to the extreme perfection that most people can achieve, (laughs) in my opinion. Okay. Okay. And so I do see you get frustrated with yourself, and yet you get so much done in a day. So how do those go together? Well, that's a good question, but it's a tough one, you know, because, uh, in fact, you you and I were talking earlier today about I can – I can get a lot done, but there's this little voice in my head that says, but you didn't do this and you didn't do that. And when are you going to do that? You know, wh- wh- when are you going to make time to do that? This isn't done yet. I mean, and so all of us tend to have this little subconscious voice in our head that is pushing us, pushing us, run faster, run faster, run faster, run faster. And so, you know, it's very difficult for us to deal with that voice sometimes. And, you know, my, one of my... Um, uh, sabotaging tricks has been, as you know, procrastination. And it's a way of uh, not having to deal with the hard part of things that are just difficult for us. And so we kind of put it off for a while thinking, well, you know, I need more information or I need more input from somebody. I need to ask the esper- experts. I need to read up on whatever. And we never get it done or it just kind of lingers out there. So, you know, what I've had to do is just to first become aware of, of that uh, tendency that I have to procrastinate. Uh, acknowledge how it sabotages my life in many, many ways and determine, uh, be so aware of what's going on to determine when there's something that I need done or want done, I've got to take that first step and I need to do it now. But things get in the way of that. Well, yeah, and I let, you know, you can let things get in the way of that. But you don't realize it. I know that, you know, we've we've, um, observed each other Mm -hmm. because we're afraid or... Or it, it causes uh, fear, uh, shame, whatever. You, right. We'll catch each other doing stuff instead of what we need to be doing. And that's the great thing about being a team mm-hmm. is that we help each other not distract, you know. Okay, wait, why are you doing that when you said you wanted to do that, right? And it can be frustrating. But so let's just mention last Sunday. Last Sunday was Mother's Day. And I know for me, I plan so far ahead. I'm like, oh, Mother's Day's coming up. I want to do this or this. Or my brother's birthday's coming up on the 14th, and I want to do this and that. I think way ahead of time about that. And mm-hmm. I start thinking about what I'm going to get and looking for something or ordering something. That's what I'm going to do. And so I start looking online at Amazon.com or looking at the store, and I look and I look and I look and I look and I look. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. I think, well, no, not that. And then, you know, next thing I know, Mother's Day's here. Mm-hmm. And, or the, the night before Mother's Day. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I didn't do anything. Oh my, and and I, it's not that I didn't think about the person. It's that I almost overthought it. And worried that it might not be the right thing or it might not be the right timing or it might not get there in time or I should just go. And so I know a lot of other people have this trouble that it's not that they don't think about a person or a person's birthday or something important, but they overthink it in a way. They worry they might make the wrong choice. They worry that it won't be the right thing or they think about it and then it goes away and then they Oh my gosh, and they remember it and it goes away. And and so part of what we want people to understand is what happens to them. It and when they pl- they think about it and they're like, "Oh, I'm going to do this." And then they get so disappointed in themselves when the day before comes or they right. realize, you know, Christmas, "Oh my gosh, I haven't mailed any packages. I don't have time." And so they get so frustrated with themselves. Those things that got in the way, they're so subtle that people don't realize those are they're simple things every day. That get in the way. And I know for me, one of the things that when we 
went through coaching and we went through this section of distractions that um, I didn't on the test that we took in the checklist a lot. Mine weren't that so much as things like talk radio. I listened to talk radio mm-hmm. all the time. Um, I knew people that had to have the radio on all the time or had to have the TV on all the time. For me, it was the minute I got in the car, I turned on talk radio. And so I, I realized when she said, is there anything else that anyone can think of? Immediately I said that, talk radio, I do that. Every time I'm in the car, there is an anxiety almost if I didn't have it on. Um, and so realizing the anxiety and what I was doing to help alleviate that anxiety by distractions, instead of truly dealing with the anxiety, what was causing it, instead of trying to distract myself from fear or anxiety or pain, um, which is what most people use distractions for. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a self-medication without drugs. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I mean, there has to be a certain amount of awareness uh, of what's happening, the dynamic and everything, before you can really do something about it. People have said, you know, uh, you have to name the disease before you can get well, right? And so that's kind of the way it is with this. We have to understand what's happening. And the reason it's so subtle is because it's subconscious, this, this distraction, this distracting mechanism that we have to keep us out of pain or to keep us from... Uh, uh, danger in an emotional sense is subconscious. It's a part of us that has been around since we were little kids, and it's trying to help us, but it does it in unhealthy ways, which end up destroying us, and that's the hard part of it. Well, and if if you have like, okay, let's say you have the TV on all the time mm-hmm. so that you don't think on about this, like your mind will race, right? I'll have people say, no, my mind's too busy. I can't, I, you know, I need, I need noise to keep that from happening. Mm-hmm. But then they never find out what's in their head and right. why it's doing that. And so mm-hmm. I know for us, one of the things that we find the most helpful is to just be quiet, have it be quiet, and, um, and, and be willing to face the fear of what's inside because it is nowhere near as bad. And this is one thing I found out. Nothing's ne- anywhere near as bad as we think it's going to be, right. whether it be fear or feeling like we're going to fail or anything like that. And so having the quiet time. But we have um, learned all these categories that we're going to take you through that actually will distract you and hide your feelings. And thus, you become, instead of being this authentic, real person, you become a person who's constantly trying to deal with the anger or anxiety um, or sadness um, which really comes out a lot as anxiety in a lot of people. Yeah. And some people it comes out as anger. So either it usually comes out as anxiety or anger. Do you have, what do you think it could, I mean, does it come out any other way to you? Well, uh, when, when thinking of it, to me, uh, and it depends on the person, but one of the greatest uh, things is fear. Most people are fear-driven. They don't know it, but they are. They may be afraid of uh even what someone will, will say back to them, you know, a response. If they say this, if they feel one thing and they talk about that, then what will that person think of me? What will that person say to me? What will that person do? Will they avoid me next time? What will that? And so there is even that kind of fear that keeps us opting for certain distractions. And I, I wanted to say that's what we do. We opt for a distraction, like we're going to talk about in a little bit, mm-hmm. over facing the dark emotions that may, that come up inside of us. Um, and often fear is one of those. But, I mean, you mentioned others, shame, disappointment, all kinds of things like that yeah. uh, are things that we're afraid of. And so we opt out of dealing with them by choosing distractions. 
Well, and, and like right now for me, I know that I struggle trying to make a decision about the radio show. Right. Right. Um, because I have so many offers and things coming at me um, and trying to decide what I should do and just go to a podcast and get into the speaking field, which I have all these offers and one is coming up. Yeah. Um, and they're offering me great money to do speaking. And I'm like, I don't have time. Like, so trying to make a decision. Um, trying to choose, you know, do I do TV? Do I keep it radio? Do I do a podcast? Do I go to iHeart? Do I keep it on Voice America? I mean, it's just so overwhelming to me because I don't want to make a mistake. And so which do I do? And each one is so, like, ending something is hard for me to end one thing. And don't worry, guys. You can still go to livewellshow.com and get my shows anytime, whether it be videos or radio. It's all going to be there. So either way. So you can do that. But trying to decide, it's so scary to me in a way. Even though I don't think of it as fear, I find myself thinking about it and thinking about it. And then because it's overwhelming, putting it away and starting doing other stuff and trying not to think about it. What but you, time what, comes and it's getting closer and closer okay. and closer. What, you said I start doing other stuff. Yeah. What other stuff do you do in order not to have to think about the choices you need to make? Okay. Well, one of the things I don't do purposely is to not eat. Because okay. I used to use food and eating, and I didn't even realize it. You know, I just, oh, I'd feel better. And that would be not any food. That would be chocolate. But I am no, I haven't had chocolate, guys, and, like, I'm not doing the chocolate thing. So don't faint out there. I'm not. Um, <laughs> and so – uh, busy work, mm-hmm. busy, stay, just golly, just sitting in my office. I could stay there 24 hours a day and yeah. not ever get everything done. Right. But no, and so I will do that in between my breaks. I'll sit and work and file and bill and just do everything like that. Um, I think um, I love running or act being active. Yeah. And so I'll find that I'll just want to go do something. And that's been one of my, honestly, one of my (laughs) diseases my whole life is not sitting still. Like if I sit still, then I worry, (laughs) right? And so I'll stay busy. I used to, I'd like, go to a movie. Let's go to a movie, (laughs) right? Or let's just go do something. And yet in the back of my mind, I know what I need to be doing. (laughs) It's like that, thinking about that and processing my decision or like doing the taxes or whatever. Whatever is at that point, I always have a deadline. Right. For whatever it is, and for mine are bigger. Yours are yours. Your list is a lot of things. Mine are bigger, and they're all encompassing, kind of that they overwhelm me. Hmm. And for me, I, the, I don't have the daily things like organizing my desk or cleaning. Or unfortunately, you know, I don't have that. And I, I definitely watch and see what I need to do that you don't do. <laughs> but for me, <laughs> that's not where my my stress is it's okay I really need to finish the taxes or I really need to make a decision about this show and it'll be in the back of my mind as I stay busy and I'm staying busy because I know it's overwhelming and I sometimes will do that too long and not make a decision and so like everyone else I know you and I struggle where is your biggest struggle with that well there was a time in my life when I struggled with the same kind of stuff that you just talked about but I'm not at that place anymore I'm past that and, and have moved into a different area and time frame of my life that's because you're so healthy <laughs> <laughs> I know that it's that no though that doesn't mean that I don't that I don't struggle with uh, with distractions because I do I just have to be aware of what's going on and and so part of it for me is determining what my major goals or objectives are and really trying to focus on those. Um, but I, and, you know, sometimes I find myself, I mean, I'll, I'll choose things like yard work. 
I mean, I love having the yard look great, you know, because I, I enjoy that. We enjoy the, our backyard and all that. Uh, and, and so I'll opt sometimes for that because I don't have to think about anything when I'm doing that. I just mm-hmm. do it, you know, and I don't have to worry about anything. I just focus on that. And so that can become a big distraction for me, and it, it can keep me from getting things done. Yeah, and I know for you, like when we had all the land, I would worry, like in the 100-degree weather, we'd leave and go away for the day. You'd be working in the yard, and then we'd go away for a few hours. We'd come back, and you'd still be in the yard. And I'd be like, oh, my gosh, the guy's going to like have a heart attack, <laughs> right? You can't do that on the land. And, and I could tell that that's where you would get distracted. Um, and we don't have as big of a place now, so you don't get as big distracted. That's really good. <laughs> so you could always cheat guys and do it like that. Okay. So when we, one of the things that we want to take you guys through is, um, and I say you guys, cause my family's from the North, even though we live in Texas, I do have all these weird things that say, so you guys, um, or you, we want you to know your distraction of choice. So if you, again, as Dr. Slaughter said, as Jim said, if you are aware of it, then you can block it. And use it as a healthy pleasure instead of a distraction to get in the way of what you want. So when you get back from break, when we get back from break, we're going to go through the 10 categories of most people's distractions, take you through them, what they are, so that um, you can see it and remove it as a distraction. And so that way you'll be able to be aware every day that, okay, I'm distracting myself. I'm distracting myself. And so you can stop it and stop the sabotage. And, um, and we can talk about some other ones too, but we want you to learn what they are. So first, after break, we're going to come back to your, your distraction of choice and then what to do about it and how to stop it. Anything else you would like to talk about, Jim? Uh, no, not really. I, I think identifying these and, and realizing this is what I do, uh, it feels good to me, but one of the reasons it feels good is because I don't have to think about the other stuff that's so hard when I do this. And so I'll opt for that rather than achieving objectives. Yeah. And, you know, there, when I saw them, I remember thinking, wow, that's a distraction, like gossip. One of them was gossip. Mm-hmm. And I thought gossip being a distraction. Mm-hmm. Um, food and eating being a distraction. We mentioned that. Work or housework. You know, and um, sex, even pornography and stuff like that, a distraction, love. And we're just going to keep going through what they are. How can love be a distraction? I'm telling you, love is a high. It's like, okay, it's kind of like chocolate. Love is a high, and so it can distract you. When you're in love in the beginning, you get nothing done. I mean, I see these students that come to me, and, of course, I didn't do that. but (laughs) They just get, like, nothing done. They don't hang out with their friends. They're just totally focused on this one person. So we'll come back. We'll explain more about these and then we'll go through and you guys can pick your distractions and then start working on them. So stay right here. We'll be right back with Living Well. Don't go away. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Life Solutions Coaching and Counseling in Hazlitt, Texas is a full-service wellness clinic providing individual, group, and family counseling, one-on-one coaching for life and wellness, and naturopathic treatments of medical massage therapy combined with essential oils to ensure you reach your health and wellness goals. Sessions are available in person or by phone. Get started on your new life today. Just call 817-232-1363 or go to LifeSolutionsCoachingAndCounseling.com or email them at LifeSolutions.com cc at yahoo.com sunshine herbs in saginaw texas on main street business 287 has all of your supplement needs and healthy food products so 
My suggestion for you, visit Sunshine Herbs today and let their knowledgeable staff who know all their products and their naturopathic doctor lead you to a life of health and wellness so that you too can live well. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are listening to Living Well with Ann Beal. We'd love to hear from you with comments and questions about the show. Please send us an email to ablivingwell at gmail.com. That's ablivingwell at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back. Here's a big question for you. Is there something you enjoy doing that ultimately hurts you? Is there something you do that feels good when you do it, but it has long-term negative consequences? Or you're frustrated that you didn't do what you really wanted to do because the other thing you did got in the way. And so, therefore, you end up, no matter how much you got done in a day or a week or a month, you end up sad, frustrated, ashamed of yourself in a way, um, and you know it hurt you. If there's anything like that, let me just have you, in case you're in doubt, we're going to take you through these statements so you can pick what is your distraction that gets in the way and sabotages your dream. And so when we go through this with Dr. Jim Slaughter, we're going to have you pick out your distraction that sabotages you. So if we start and we talk about what we said in, right at the end of the break, right, right in, right before the break, is um, gossip. How does gossip sabotage you? This is one that, that most people probably wouldn't even think of as a distraction that's it's hurtful, and, um, and yet it is. Uh, the, the way it hurts us is that it causes us to focus on uh, something that takes our mind a different direction from where it needs to be. Now, most people would say, okay, gossip's not a good thing, right? Because well, yeah. it hurts other people and mm-hmm. all that kind of thing. But most people don't understand how destructive it is for me. When I gossip about someone else, when I tell secrets or when I tell this or that. And that does hurt you. Yeah, it hurts, it hurts me. And, and part of it is that I get so wrapped up in that, I begin to enjoy the power that I feel when I gossip about other people. And it becomes a distraction for me so that it takes me away from what I need to be doing. Well, and I think anything that distracts you too long from yourself and your own needs. And I, I um, you know, it's hard to understand first if you don't gossip what it is that drives people that gossip but it gives them a power mm-hmm. to, to like when you feel powerless and having information about someone and you and it, it may make them believe people want to hear what they have to say they'll value what they have to say things like that but let me just have you go through the checklist so here are some things um, and if this is you then you can check them off I love to talk about other people I criticize other people for behaviors that also apply to me I feel uncomfortable stopping those who gossip in my presence and I've I stop them, and it, it doesn't always go very well. <laughs> I sometimes forget the similarities I share with others. I find myself myself eager to impart new information about someone to a mutual friend. I would have trouble stopping all talk about other people. I watch and analyze other people regularly. I spend more time thinking about other people's problems than my own. That right there would be a problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have been caught in an embarrassing situation, shooting my mouth off about someone, and I'm drawn to people who like to gossip. 
And then you guys all sit around and talk about other people, right? Mm-hmm. And so the problem isn't so much that you're talking. The problem is, is that your distraction is away from your own problems or the things about you or the goals that you're trying to reach, which everyone is. And so gossip is definitely a distraction. And then there's food and eating. A lot of people, <laughs> they identify this one. Possibly. Well, this is a huge one. Yeah, <laughs> because uh, uh, different kinds of food, taste good foods, all those things are so mm-hmm. readily available to us. And uh, it is definitely a way of comforting ourselves. Well, and it is. And it's, it's definitely more, more familiar to self-medicate because you actually are putting something in your mouth. Yeah. Um, but also there's a chewing need for the stress. And they, with animals, they call it cribbing. They'll chew on anything. And our horses would do that. You know, they mm-hmm. chew on the wood or they eat weeds when they normally don't. They just need to chew on even plastic and mm-hmm. they call it cribbing. So um, farmers put a mineral block in the field and they eat that immediately and then they stop. Um, and so the farmer is actually trying to deal with what's causing the problem. Right. Right. And so horses can't journal. <laughs> they can't meditate. No, well, they, they might meditate. I don't know. Okay. So <laughs> here you go. Eating, if this is you, eating makes me feel guilty. I often focus on food and the next meal. I eat when I am upset. I binge on food even when I am full. I eat sugar every day. Oh, gosh. That's what I stopped. I use food to make me feel better. I often eat food in bed at night. I buy a lot of junk food. Food is very important to me. And so, as you can see, food becomes what your mind is thinking about the next meal, the next meal, or the next snack, or trying not to eat the next meal, or trying not to eat the next snack. And so, it gets in the way. But once you eat it, you feel better. Yeah, and we you don't even, need to work through anything. Right. And we even prepare uh, to make ourselves feel better. We'll go to the store and we'll buy food that we know is going to make a great snack that we can pull out and, and make us feel better. And the tough thing about that, you know, they talk about gourmet food for birds. I mean, all animals have pellets. They have pellets, and each pellet has the 90 nutrients in it, Mm -hmm. which we don't have that. But people are the only ones, besides gourmet food for birds, that people pick out their favorites depending on how they feel. And that's how we get nutritionally deficient. So if you just pick out your favorites depending on how you feel, then your brain is going to, if that's helping you feel better, then your brain is going to constantly start desiring that. And that's how you get addicted. Um, but other addictions work that way, too. I mean, and besides the other things we're going to go through, like marijuana, if you just smoke, every time you feel anxious, you smoke a cigarette or you smoke marijuana or you drink alcohol, then you're calm and you haven't dealt with what dealt with what's causing the anxiety or causing the pain. Right. And so you're self-medicating. And so that's just a distraction. Mm-hmm. Whereas using, you know, alcohol when you're just enjoying yourself with people to have a glass for enjoyment. If you're using it to relax or using it to calm down or using it to be able to sleep, that's a distraction to help you cope and function. Right. Then you're self-medicating and right. distracting yourself. How about work? Well, this has been a big one for me <laughs> and for you too. You we already thing. mentioned that, but uh, yeah, a distraction that I had to deal with was just pouring myself into work and, and, and going from one thing to the next with hardly thinking about it. But here are some of the characteristics of people who use work as a distraction. And, and let, me, let me emphasize again, you use the word addiction. Mm-hmm. All of these distractions, right. in essence, are addictions because it's hard. we can't stay away from it. And it's what helps us uh, in an unhealthy way, actually. But it helps us kind of take care of the pain that we have. And, and we're, so. we're dealing with the acceptable Distractions. Well, that's true. But yeah. They are. These are the Publicly, ones these are kind of, ex- uh, yeah, acceptable. Right. So work is the most important thing in my life. I work more than 40 hours a week. I do not like to take much vacation because I might get behind. I become irritated with people who are unwilling to sacrifice and work like I do. 
I sometimes disappoint my family by working too much. I feel overpowered the day before a vacation trying to get everything done. I feel exhausted from working so hard. I work more than I really want to. I expect too much of myself at work. I believe in the work ethic of <laughs> idle hands are the devil's workshop. Idle hands are the devil's workshop. Now, I had trouble with this, and I know you've had trouble with this. Mm-hmm. Mine, were, mine was much more work work, and yours was everything, right? Like, it, it, I can't have a computer with me at any time, really, honestly. If I'm going to focus on anyone or get a lot done, my computer can't be around or I will once I get in it I can't get out Mm -hmm. especially if it's billing or advertising or there's just it's never over so I never get off and I have disappointed my family immensely being hours late and so I have really worked on that one and I think that work because it brings success or it brings you know quite a bit of fulfillment it can be an acceptable addiction but it just, you know, or distraction, but it does hurt you and it hurts all the people you love and it hurts your goals, whatever they are. So it can get in the way. Yeah, we've seen marriages really uh, almost destroyed uh, by a man or a woman who works too much. And, uh, you know, I, I've met so many guys who say, well, I'm, just, I'm a workaholic as if it's a virtue. It, it's not. It's a distraction. It's very it, destructive. It is. And yet it can be a virtue in our country. And in Japan, for sure. And I, I think that um, if you tend to work a lot, you have to design your life around that. You have to be a tr- you have to attract someone whose love language isn't physical touch or time, because they need you around physically, right? Mm-hmm. And so part of that is realizing most people don't think it through like that. They just do it out of a distraction and. Um, don't realize how many people they're hurting or even themselves. But mainly, if you work as a distraction, you don't get the bigger dreams and goals accomplished. How about, um, you know, sex is a weird one. Uh, I thought it was really weird. But as, as time's gone by, I'm like, people distract themselves with sex. Well, yeah, they do. Even just pornography or masturbating or just there are those people that all they think about is getting to another person to have sex with. Yeah. And so, um, so here's just some. I have sex with the wrong people. I make my I pro- make promises to myself concerning my sexual behavior, and I don't keep them. I have more than one sexual partner. I have sex to get away from my problems. I feel as though I have earned sex. I do not practice safe sex. I have sex in inappropriate places and at inappropriate times. I feel I'm acting out sexually. My sexual behavior is frequently out of control. I'm afraid I'll get caught. I think about sex more than once or twice day a day. Um, so that's sex. How about love? Well, you mentioned this uh, earlier. Um, most people would, I mean, you know, love is a good thing, right? It's a good thing. It, it is a good thing. And uh, even in the scriptures, you know, it's very clear that love is a, is, is a high priority in our lives. But this is a kind of um, love that takes a different turn because it's protecting us from things that we need to, to look at and face. Um, and one of, the, one of the common things that we see is somebody that constantly has to have, you know, the, like these teenagers or young people, they constantly have to be dating somebody. Yeah, right. One exactly. after the other after the other. Well, I feel incomplete without a significant other in my life. I feel high at times in a romantic encounter. I can establish instant intimacy with a love partner. I have the ability to quickly recognize a cosmic mate. <laughs> I quickly pour out my life history to a lover. I experience instant sexual attraction. I feel as though a relationship has a grip on me. I feel I can save the partner in my love relationship. The relationship I'm in is central to defining my identity. I can lose my boundaries in a love relationship. 
Well, you know, one of the quickest ways you can know is if you know it's not good for you and it's not right for you or this is not the person for you, but you cannot leave them because it makes you feel so incomplete or terrified you won't meet someone else. And so you haven't dealt with those feelings. You haven't dealt with those problems. Of what. So instead, you just fulfill yourself by staying in that relationship and that, that makes you feel better. But it doesn't deal with the problem. And in the end, you hurt yourself. You hurt them. You don't free them up to find the right person that would truly love them. Right. Um, okay, so caretaking. Oh, my goodness. Okay, this one I need to share. <laughs> okay, it feels good to me for people to be dependent on me. I prefer that my children rely on me rather than on themselves. Much of my thinking is about how the people I am in relationships with need to change. I like being responsible for other people, especially people I love. I have frequent judgmental and critical thoughts of others. I can think of solutions to other people's problems more than my own. I am not willing to let loved ones learn their own lessons in life. I would gladly sacrifice my own needs for others. Helping others gives me a high. I like relationships where I can tell others what to do. I I think that, you know, for me it was, I just felt my purpose in life was to help other people and rescue them and save them. But eventually I learned, like it's definitely working at the shelters, was that these people don't want they don't want this help, really. They don't necessarily, they're not as miserable in their life as it is watching their life, you know. So if we're trying to fix them, then something's wrong. And so I would try and try and try to help these people. And then most of the time they'd go back to the person who was wanting to kill them or beat them up or whatever. And so when you're trying to help them more than they want help, you are definitely distracting yourself and doing something that makes you feel better more than it being for their good. Right. That's where I was going to go with this, that the caretaking often becomes about me, you know, the caretaker. Mm -hmm. I do it because it makes me feel good about myself. Right. Uh, Often we... Honestly, we cripple other people when we try to take care of them all the time because they never learn how to take care of themselves. And every person living must be able to make a way for themselves in life. And if someone, you know, I have these, even these men come in and say, I'm cooking, I'm cleaning, I do everything for them, I put everything away, I put gas in their car even. So their mm-hmm. family members just park their cars when they're low on gas, and dad's job is to fill the car up with gas. Mm-hmm. I mean, and he set all this up where he's doing everything, right? And um, I'm like, why are you doing that? Because then do they ever even learn to put gas in their car? Do they ever learn how to pay their bills? Do they ever learn? And these are kids even, you know? And so why are they sabotaging their kids? Why are they sabotaging their spouse? Right. But they don't realize they're doing that. Um, they don't realize it. And so it's it's often um, when you caretake, you think that those people need you to do stuff that they can truly do. There, It's like helping somebody with their backpack instead of helping them with a boulder. And that's how they define it in the boundaries book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, it's important for people who are listening to ask themselves the question, is this what I do? Am I taking too much care of, of people around me, my kids, my spouse, my friends, whatever. Yeah. Uh, is this what I do? And what do I get out of it? What do you get out of it? And a lot of people go into the medical field, nursing uh, and, and counseling. Even. Or ministry. And so when I went through, you know, when we were in counseling school, we had to go through counseling. Right. And um, we had to. I don't know that I ever would have if I hadn't had to, or at least in- incredibly encouraged to where I go, okay, I'll go put my name on the list. And so when I was going through counseling, I realized, oh, my goodness. <laughs> you know, and so all counselors, when you go see a counselor, if you're trying to pick out one, you got to ask them if they've been through counseling. If they have not, you don't want to see them because they're going to be caretaking you, telling you what to do, trying to, they think they know better than you, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that they don't know a lot, but you don't want a caretaker. Okay, money, debt, and spending. Ugh. 
You can take this one. Okay. Yeah, this is really a, a big one for a lot of people. In fact, a lot of the, the, the clients who come to see me about other things, uh, as we talk, I begin to realize they're caught up in spending uh, practices that are very harmful. But ask yourself uh, questions about these statements regarding money, debt, and spending. Uh, I usually wait to pay my bills until the last minute. I get a high, quote, quote, when shopping. I spend money to escape my feelings. I live from paycheck to paycheck. I charge more than I can pay off in one month. I have little or no savings available for an emergency. I'm repeatedly unsuccessful in my attempt to control my excessive spending. I am frequently short of cash, and I borrow from friends. I experience a great sense of relief when my paycheck arrives. I spend too much money on others or buy to impress or influence others. I sometimes lie, minimize, or rationalize to conceal my spending. And, you know, this is a a lot of people would say this can be common. Um, and so most people we see live paycheck to paycheck. And we don't mean because you don't make enough money, okay? We don't mean because you make just enough to get by. I mean, truly, true bills, okay, not ones that you spend. But one of the things we see the most with people when they get extra, even 100 or 200, or they get their tax return, Mm -hmm. they, instead of saving it so it builds them up to get richer and richer and richer, or saving most of it, or even half of it, they end up taking everyone on a trip, or taking everyone out to eat. Buying buying, a boat, buying a gun. (laughs) Well, they immediately buy, or they take everyone out to eat, you know, or take, you know, or, but whatever they do immediately, it's all gone, and they're back where they were. Mm -hmm. So, people who get ahead in life, what they do is they put some of that away, they enjoy some of it, but they put it away so they can keep building and keep building and keep building. But if you're not dealing with the emotions of the, the anxiety or the fear or the stress or whatever, uh, spending is a great distraction to feel better about yourself so that you don't feel that shame, fear, pain, whatever it is. So you self-medicate with spending, um, helping your self-esteem by buying for others to whatever it is. Okay, so here's another one. Staying busy. Here's some questions. I dread being alone. I try to fill up every moment with something to do. I am easily bored. Now, this is a very common thing in America. Okay, they stay busy, stay busy, stay busy. Again, because it's, they consider it a virtue often. This is what yeah. people who are good people do. Right? Yeah, even if you're looking at an iPad or looking at yeah. Facebook, you're staying busy. Mm-hmm. So you're constantly doing something. So because you dread being alone or you try to fill up every moment with something to do, I am easily bored. I like to keep a full social schedule, allowing me little time to be alone. Finding myself with some unscheduled time makes me uneasy. I like to brag about how busy I am. I rarely have a night alone. I like to keep activities scheduled, even on vacation. I watch more than 10 hours of television movies per week. I talk a lot. Now, this is the thing. If you're constantly busy, then you're never taking time to be quiet. Right. To really put together and think through what you're trying to achieve. And so one of the worst things about reaching goals is staying busy. You may look like a busy, you may look very important and you may look like you're getting a lot done. But I know these people, and they're not reaching their dreams and goals. No, and they drive their uh, their family members away. It makes them crazy when, you know, some person just continues to be busy all the time directing traffic with everybody. And they, they can't let that go. It's really a problem in families. Well, and a lot of people think it's a sign of success to stay real busy. I know. And right. so you may look successful, but inside, are you really getting to where you want to be? And, um, okay, mood-altering substances, we've talked about that quite a bit. Um, if you have negative consequences occurring in your life due to these mood-altering substances, you have trouble giving them up, you depend on these 
these to mellow out and feel better to sleep. You feel uncomfortable in a social situation, so you just have a drink or two or something to calm down, a pop a pill or whatever. I like to have one, two, or more most nights. I tend to choose places where I know I can get these substances. Somewhere, someone I love has asked me to slow down on consumption of these. I tend to be dishonest with myself sometimes and minimize how much I depend on one of these. I sometimes conveniently forget how much I have used these. I have tried to stop but cannot follow through with a plan. Okay, that right there, though we're talking about drugs or alcohol or whatever, mood altering is what all these do. Right. They are all mood altering. So let me say them again because I've had people, you know, if I'm sitting there eating a bag of chocolate, okay, okay, it's not a drug, but it is. Yeah. Or you're, you, people will know, like if when I was a, okay, so I was a, I ran when I was, I ran everywhere when I was young. I mean, I ran everywhere. And it didn't matter how far it was. And so that's not healthy. You know, <laughs> I'd run to karate like five miles away and people would be like, oh, they'd bring me home. OK, this is not healthy. And so but I felt better. And so if you only have one coping skill, you're going to do it a lot. So I've had negative consequences occur in my life due to these. I would have trouble giving these up right. for more than one month. I depend on these to mellow me out. I would feel uncomfortable socially if I turned it down. That one's a little different. Um, I like to have one, two, or more most nights or days. I tend to choose places where I know I can get these. So often, you know, depending on what it is, you join up with people that do that too. That's true. Okay. Someone I love has asked me to slow down on doing this. I tend to be dishonest with myself sometimes and minimize how much I depend on these. I sometimes conveniently forget how much. I use these. I've tried to stop and can't follow through with a plan. So if you can't follow through, you're not going to reach your goals. And so, um, you know, drama is the last one. I love crisis and find myself enjoying talking about other people's tragedy. I feel a heightened sense of excitement when either myself or someone else is facing a dilemma. I love talking with others about when something exciting or negative is going on in the world. I have always loved weather weather extremes or hearing about tornadoes, hurricanes, or other dangerous weather conditions and letting everyone know about them. Um, I feel a heightened sense of pleasure to think I can help someone in trouble. I would love to be a fireman, an emergency room helper, or a person helping other victims. Drama in my life or another person's life has always interested me. I find myself drawn to negative circumstances that are dangerous or exciting. Now, the thing about, and that's the, all the categories we have, but let me just throw out a few more. Feelings, avoiding your feelings, sleep to distract yourself, Sudoku, I'm throwing these out, uh, a solitaire, crossword puzzles, computer games, surfing the internet, Facebook, I got to throw out those, uh, compulsively checking emails, anything like that. So that is the distractions are any of these your distraction of choice? Now, in each category, of course, you need quite a bit of those. One or two is not what we're talking about. But you know from listening which one's yours or which which are your main ones. So pick out the top three. Think about it. And um, when we get back from break, we're going to tell you what to do about it so you don't stay there and not reach your goals. So stay right here. We'll be right back. us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Sunshine Herbs in Saginaw, Texas on Main Street, Business 287 has all of your supplement needs and healthy food products. So my suggestion for you, visit Sunshine Herbs today and let their knowledgeable staff who know all their products and their naturopathic doctor 
lead you to a life of health and wellness so that you too can live well. Life Solutions Coaching and Counseling in Hazlitt, Texas is a full-service wellness clinic providing individual, group, and family counseling, one-on-one coaching for life and wellness, and naturopathic treatments of medical massage therapy combined with essential oils to ensure you reach your health and wellness goals. Sessions are available in person or by phone. Get started on your new life today. Just call 817-232-1363 or go to LifeSolutionsCoachingAndCounseling.com or email them at LifeSolutions.com cc at yahoo.com we're on facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world and that includes you visit us on facebook at voice america empowerment you are listening to living well with ann beal we'd love to hear from you with comments and questions about the show Please send us an email to ablivingwell at gmail.com. That's ablivingwell at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back. We are just finishing up distractions that sabotage you. Mm -hmm. So most coaches, life coaches, wellness coaches, um, relationship coaches like Dr. Jim, uh, we actually help you remove these distractions, help you remove the things that sabotage your life. And this is one of them. And this is a major one that people struggle with. So we went through and pointed out the different areas of distractions. And, and there are there are so many more. I mean, so, you know, and your brain tells you that part of your brain, you know, it doesn't want you to suffer and it help, doesn't want you to feel pain. So it tries to distract you. And it, it likes these uh, quick um medicating things that you can do to feel better instead of working hard to reach your goals. And most of your brain wants to work hard to reach the goals. But there's this wimpy part of your brain that says things like, oh, you deserve those clothes. If you think of a spoiled little kid or a terrified little kid or like I might fail or I might not make it, there's a part of your brain that thinks you can't handle anything. Right, you can't handle pain, you can't handle this, you can't handle that. But look at you guys, look how far you've come. You can handle it. And so when you hear your brain say some things like this, because there is that negative, I think Dr. Amon called it automatic automatic negative thoughts. Mm-hmm. And those those are the thoughts that lie to you, and he calls them ants. Yeah. And those are the ones that are wimpy and like, oh, you can't handle it. So anyway, <laughs> um, so it might say things like, you deserve those clothes, you deserve that drink. You have the right to gossip. You deserve that candy bar. You deserve that candy bar. <laughs> you work very hard. You deserve this. And here's another one that I, happens sometimes with, with people I see. They'll say, well, I, I avoided, I, I turned away from that addiction. I chose a lesser addiction, and so I feel better about that. Well, well yes. Yeah, that's not an okay way to fix that They addiction. go from unacceptable to acceptables often, or known to unknown, you know, mm-hmm. one addiction to another. Yeah. But what we really want you to do is, you know, do things that actually resolve it, resolve the anxiety, the fear, the pain. Um, the brain might say, don't worry about how much those things cost. Don't worry about that because that part of the brain doesn't think long term. Right. So it's really crazy part of the brain, too. It'll tell you to go ahead and eat that cookie. And then as soon as you eat it, it'll be like, oh, my gosh, what are you doing? I thought you were on a diet. <laughs> right, I mean, that part right. of the brain is like schizophrenic to me. Yeah, it is. Um, or it's like you can charge it. Just pay it off. You know, my kids are like, Mom, credit. It's so funny. The taste of that dessert is it's worth it. It's just a good taste. Uh, it's just natural to eat some sugar. Only crazy people or fanatics don't ever eat sugar. Don't ever eat bread or whatever it is you're trying to do. Um, others need you. You're really good at helping others. They, they, The poor thing, they need your help. 
You know, um, they can't get along without you. Just focus on others and helping them. So well, all that kind of stuff. So we suggested that you pick out your top three. And if you didn't hear the last segment, go back and listen. We go through all of them. Because that part of your brain is a great manipulator. And it uses adrenaline to produce a, a high emotional charge to cause you to be addicted to these, you know, because so it feels so good. And yeah, it's I, hard to believe that uh, we get an adrenaline rush by taking care of someone in, in um, an unhealthy way. Well, and I know watching you, the way that you would, like dishes were, were stressful for you. If even one dish was in the sink, you would wash it. And I'd be like, what are you doing? And you're like, I'm, <laughs> I'm just cleaning the dishes. I'm like, yeah, but why now? And it's usually if we're having a tough conversation or something. And you, and you said it made you feel better. I'm like, oh my gosh, cleaning makes you feel better? That is cool because, like, I don't do anything productive. I, like, eat or run. Or, <laughs> um, and so, you know, it's amazing, and your house always looked awesome. But you'd never you, – you had other dreams that you wanted to reach. Right. Um, and so, the, you know, it's just a great manipulator. We want you to shift away from that. Shift away. Um, and so one of the ways you can do that if you catch yourself – now, you went through some things. You were talking on break. Yeah, and, you know, when I think about um, dealing with these uh, distractions, uh, which are a kind of addiction that we have to make us feel better in unhealthy ways, um, I'm thinking, okay, uh, there's kind of a sequence that I follow. You know, number okay. one is awareness. I have to know what it is that I do to uh, that, that's a distraction. I have to know what it is. And uh, someone said, you know, uh, you have to name the disease if you want to get well, and that's kind of what happens here. Second thing is I need to... Um, um, I'd, I'd acknowledge it or accept it or admit that this is this is what I do. And the third thing is there's a conscious effort that I make to shift out of this behavior and out of this thinking into a new thinking and a new a different behavior. Right now, I need to do it right now. A conscious um, mental shift. Yes, because once you're aware, your brain that that negative thought or that distraction tells you to do that. You also get what you should do, you know, like shift away. This is the minute you, they call it thought stopping. Some people get a rubber band and put it on their arm. Yeah. And so that, that thought mm-hmm, stops, but mm-hmm. when you can stop those thoughts immediately and shift, shift away. Um, and so that's one of the ways you can do it. Right. Right. Um, so, oh, right now I don't want to eat chocolate. That's not really what I want. Okay. But what can be hard is because your emotions are so extreme and you mm-hmm. haven't dealt with them yet right one of the best ways that we take care of it is journaling yes writing writing out our emotions when i find i'm going for something i don't want just stopping and journaling and some people journal on their phone some people journal in paper some people just sit there and think about it right get quiet meditate on it think about it journaling through helps the brain process it all out to come up with solutions. And I know we were talking about that this morning. Maybe it was last night. And, you know, for me, sometimes when I'm trying to fall asleep, my brain is just looping through things I need to do tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And so what I find is I just turn on the light. I get up. My, I have a pad by the desk, by the, by the bed, and I'll just write down what it's saying so that it's like my brain doesn't want me to forget. So I'll write it down put it where I can see it, and then I go back to sleep. Yeah, it can really help. And I think one thing that, that journaling, I mean, journaling does many things, but does. one of the things it does is it breaks this cycle of distraction. And for a few minutes, we're not distracted by the bad stuff that we tend to do. Uh, we're just, uh, we're writing about it. And, and when you have a plan, like let's say you want to write a book. Okay, let's say you want to write a book. And so you can stop, think about how maybe you can work on it every day. Um, and how you, but by taking the time to be quiet and journaling it out or planning it out, 
then you can start. So move towards it. The minute you catch yourself, shift, do something you were planning on doing, even for a little while. And it breaks that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so anything else? Well, I was just thinking uh, from a practical uh, example perspective, just, you know, if, if, okay, let's say it's me and I'm, I'm nervous or anxious about something. And so I'm starting to get busy and I'm trying to distract myself in those ways. But I am aware of that and I, I realize that's what I'm doing. Maybe I just need to stop that and go outside and take a walk around the block. Yeah. Anything like that to disrupt the hold that that distraction has on us is going to help. And it calms you. And that's the soul, the thing about deep breathing with yoga. Oh, absolutely. People yeah. who, um, they say that yoga has changed their life because it has them stop. And they stretch, but there's a lot of deep breathing in mm-hmm. yoga and quiet moments where you're just quiet. And you'd be amazed how instead of trying to avoid the quiet, Quiet can be the solution instead. And, and so, you know, for me, even if I'm trying to journal sometimes, something will be in my head. Mm-hmm. And so just over on the side of the paper or even I'll just stop the journaling. So if I'm worried about bills or something, I'll just start writing them out and yeah. get the plan together. And then I go back to journaling. Mm-hmm. And so you don't want to not listen to yourself. You want to listen to yourself. And in or- if you're avoiding yourself, you're pretty bad off, right? And that's what happens to a lot of people. You're trying to do externally distract yourself from what's inside. When, you know, what's inside is very important and you just deal with it. And so you can do it piece by piece that way. Mm-hmm. Another thing, uh, and I like that, another thing is uh, is prayer. But it, 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 for me, it has to be very conversational. You know, I, I talk to God as if he were sitting beside me. Uh, God, this is going on with me. You know about that. I'm not sure I know what to do about it. I really need your help on this. Uh could you uh, could you help me think this through a little bit better? And and so I really have a conversation with him. It's very very personal, uh, and God is a person and He is with us, and so we can do that. But often that will really help me because I realize that that God comes beside me, comes alongside me, and He really wants to help me through life. Well, yeah, and you know, there's a, a quote I can't remember it exactly, but it talks about avoiding the inner void, the in, inner emptiness, mm-hmm. that that deep emptiness or that deep pain or whatever it is, you know, avoiding it. One of the things that I would hear with prayer that I remembered was um, when I was little and I'd be in the kitchen or the back room or the breakfast room, I'd hear my mom downstairs in the basement praying and Mm. she would just be pouring her heart out to God. Like she was like, he was just right there and Mm. she was telling him everything. And it, it affected me to hear her doing that. I thought my mom praise out her heart asking for help or guidance or just sharing her fears or mm-hmm. whatever it was and so for me that's what I do I'll just talk with him mm-hmm. like okay Lord you're wanting me to do this but you know I just don't think I can and so it's causing me this 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 and this and so can you need to give me some more insight or can you <laughs> make us make this clear tell me how to do it whatever yeah, you know yeah. asking for that um, mm-hmm. and just being and you can get that even just talking to other people about it if you're not talking to God you can talk to other people. Sure. To help get a clarity of what you can do. Right. And and that's why everybody ought to have at least one really, really good close friend. And dialogue with friends can really, really help us in this situation. You know, my kids would do it with their stuffed animals. Really? I would hear them. Like, they, yeah, they would sit and have these long conversations. We had this one called Chester. It was like a jester, like a court jester. And Katie would, like, oh, if she was, she would. the jester. jester the okay, jester. I got it, I got it. And so she would teach class at times all these stuffed animals, right? But then she'd have <laughs> conversations, like. I just don't understand why my mom does that. And she would, I'd hear her. And I'd think, who is she talking to? I'd go, and she'd be talking to her stuffed animals. Um, and so I thought that was cool. They were her friends. And so really, you can. You can talk to a picture 
and talk it through. Yeah, you can. Actually. And so, you know, um, anything like that. So here are the things that we want you to think about to take away from this. Distractions sabotage your dreams and goals. And so all these checklists of things we went through, drama, work, food, sex, um, working, you know, housework, money, spending, and caretaking, anything like that. Those aren't bad things. But when you use them to avoid feelings, and a glass of wine isn't a bad thing, but if you're taking, you're drinking it to alter your mood, then it's a mood-altering substance. If I go run to alter my, you know, so I want to feel better, that's a mood-altering substance. If I'm working to just distract myself, it's a mood-altering substance or a mood-altering event. And so if you're using it to control your emotions, Maybe you should just take some time, get quiet, figure out how you're distracting yourself to, you know, to procrastinate from what you really need or want and go through, figure it out. Identify, as Dr. Slaughter said, Jim always gives us such good ideas. Identify, acknowledge, make a conscious effort to shift away and uh, put it away the minute you realize it and have some quiet time journaling, meditating, prayer, talking to friends, talking talking to people, talking to stuffed animals, talking to God. So, guys, we want you to reach your dreams and goals, and we want you to be successful. So take some time. Think about your distractions, and we want you to be successful. Thank you for listening to Living Well, and next week we're going to talk to you more about coaching away sabotage. So stay right here next week. Come back to livingwellshow.com or Living Well on the Empowerment Channel at Voice America. You guys take care. Have a great week. Thank you for coming, Jim. My pleasure. Very glad to be here. Live well. Live well. (laughs) I always love having him on the show. He's my most fun guest. Thanks, guys. Take care. Live well. Thank you again for joining us. Living Well with Ann Beal airs live every Wednesday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We can't wait to see you again next week. (music) 